This is Generation Justice, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of media. I'm Jonathan Alonzo. And I'm Ludella Awad. We're in a critical time, and our shared survival is interwoven. More than ever, we need to come together to cope and to heal. This week on Generation Justice, we focus on healing, we focus on hope, we focus on resiliency. First, we're happy to bring you Desiree Woodland, an author and advocate of suicide loss, who's working to improve New Mexico's behavioral health system. In light of such an emotionally charged week, we'll also be sharing some of our favorite songs of hope, healing, and love throughout the night. Here's Michael Frante with Love Will Find a Way. Till I'm gone away, this is what I'll say, this is what I'll say. Till I'm gone away, this is what I'll say, this is what I'll say. Till I'm gone away. This is what I say, till I'm gone away. This is what I say, this is what I say. This is a song for all kinds of people. Desiree Woodland is a community leader, a retired teacher of 20 years, and a mental health advocate. Desiree provides us a perfect example of resiliency, healing, and hope. She's a community member who has experienced a tragic event in her own life, but is using it to make positive changes. DJ fellow Alicia Hernandez sat down with Desiree about the upcoming International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. Let's hear what she had to share. This is Alicia Hernandez with Generation Justice, and I'm here with Desiree Woodland, a community leader, advocate, and author. Welcome to Generation Justice, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. I was really looking forward to be able to tell a little bit about my story. Can you please tell us a little more about yourself? Um, I'm a retired teacher and a survivor of suicide. Um, Ten years ago, my son took his life, and I realized that I knew nothing about mental illness. And so I've been an advocate uh, teaching kids about mental illness awareness and trying to speak about suicide as often as I can to take the shame and the stigma away from it. Now, Desiree, you've been an advocate for suicide prevention and teaching youth to be empowered around their mental health. How did you get started with this important work? I retired after 19 years, um, but during that time, my, um, my son was having some struggles, but I didn't really understand what they were. Um, Even being a teacher, I don't think I had eyes to see that depression and anxiety were something not to be ignored, but to be dealt with. Slowly through a few years that my son's depression and anxiety worsened, and he was diagnosed with schizophrenia nine months before he took his life. And I realized We didn't have the words or the language to talk about this kind of illness. And being a teacher, I just searched to find a way to go into the classrooms and talk with youth about these illnesses to try to remove the shame so that more youth would seek help Um, because it affects one in four people. That includes adolescents and as well as adults. And if we don't talk about it, we won't recognize it. And if we don't recognize it, we won't get the treatment that's needed to help people lead fulfilling lives. That was an outgrowth of my own experience with my son. Thank you for sharing that with us. And really, thank you for the work you do. Now, you've published a book entitled, I Still Believe. Can you share us a little bit about this story and experience with your book? Yes. Um, Writing, of course, is a very cathartic endeavor, 
And I wrote constantly after my son died and realized that what I was writing and telling his story could actually help someone else. Um, It was a long, painful process to write a book, but I'm so grateful that I was able to do it. And I, I feel like, you know, I also am a facilitator for survivors of suicide, and that book has opened up a lot of conversation for us as mothers um, to be able to talk about what this loss has been like. And amazingly enough, there's many similarities between our children and many similarities in that so many of us didn't have the language or maybe we were afraid to talk about words like suicide because we never thought that could happen in our family. So it's my journey. It's Ryan's journey. Um, There's a lot of his journal entries that I didn't even know he had been feeling, but I included them because I wanted other people to be able to see what it's like for someone who's struggling, who doesn't have language, to talk about those struggles, and maybe someone would be able to recognize it in themselves and and get the treatment that they need early. Thank you. Just hearing your story, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little um, teary-eyed. I think I'm just really amazed with your um, ability to just give back. Desiree, thank you for for doing the work that you do, is what I'm trying to say. Thank you so much. Oh, it touches my heart that that you, you know, that your heart has been touched too. And I think that's the thing about it is if we talk about it, not only does it help us to heal our own hearts, but we might actually touch someone else. And um, one of the things that I found that has really helped is becoming an advocate. That's been part of my healing. And I felt so often that Ryan was standing right beside me when I was teaching a class of middle schoolers or high schoolers. And I have some awesome anecdotal stories. Maybe I'll just share one with you that that really blesses me so much. Uh, One of the schools that I presented at, I got a call from the social worker to say, you know, um, after your presentation, I had a student come to me and say, I think I might be depressed. Would you please help me talk with my parents about this? Well, of course, I cried because I thought we that could have saved someone's life. Well, we went back to that school a year later, and that student has become an advocate. He talks so openly about the illness and the treatment and how we've got to remove the shame and we've got to talk about this. And, you know, that's something I'll carry away with me forever. My next question for you, Desiree, is why is it so important to destigmatize mental health issues? Well, first and foremost is because there is media portrayal that people who have mental illness are psychotic killers or, you know, they're the scary movies, et cetera, et cetera. And that stigmatizes it further to where why would anyone want to say, oh, I have this mental illness when that's the picture that people have in their mind. And truly, that was the way I stigmatized mental illness before my son was diagnosed. I never would have, you know, I would have thought it would be someone who was maybe talking to themselves on a street corner. But when we only have that picture of what someone who has a mental health illness is like, we're likely not to ever tell anyone would be so ashamed. And so in the presentations that we do, we use PowerPoint with a lot of the celebrities that youth know who are willing to talk about their mental illness and to say, you know, this person is living a full life while receiving treatment for their depression or anxiety, and look at what they've done with their lives. There's also a feeling that people who have mental illness are more violent, and and that's another stigma that we try to bust when we do 
these presentations because that's not true. There are so many causes for violence in our society, and mental illness is just a small percentage, no greater than people who don't have mental illness. Absolutely, and I think the work that you're doing is so important because it isn't easy to come out and talk about mental health issues. And I love that you give so many people that opportunity to speak on that. Just thank you for providing that space and helping so many people come together. How does the work that you do with mental illness education tie to suicide prevention? I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, 90% of people who die by suicide had a diagnosable mental illness that might have gone unrecognized or untreated. In our presentations, we do a suicide awareness activity, and we really try to tie in the not recognizing the symptoms of a mental illness like depression or anxiety to suicide. Um, that's one of, the, one of the major issues that come up for youth during their adolescence, um, and it's the second leading cause of death for youth, age 14 to 24. So it's great that we have resources here like the Yellow Ribbon Campaign and like Breaking the Silence New Mexico, which I work with, that will come into classes and do those classes for the teachers and kind of open up the conversation. And we always hope that that conversation continues after we're gone. What is your message to young people who may be experiencing sadness or depression? You know, there's there's so many more resources that are available. There's the New Mexico Crisis Access Line. There are lots of on-site web places as well um, where people could get support and help. Of course, when we do our presentations, we always ask the students, if you are struggling, you know, your teacher has invited us in, talk to a trusted adult. Um, many social workers and counselors in schools are more than happy to talk. But of course, there's the stigma also with going to the counselor at school. So, you know, it's it's just important not to bury that, to find a trusted person that you can really share your heart with. Um, and if it turns out that you have a mental illness, it's not something shameful. It's something that you need treatment for so that your life isn't so dark and so sad. Are there any other resources for survivors of suicide loss? Um, I would like to let people know about the survivor groups that, that go on uh, weekly here mm -hmm. in Albuquerque as well. There is one that meets at St. Luke Church the second and fourth um, Saturdays from 1 to 2.30. And another that meets at Shepherd of the Valley on Montano the first and third Monday from 5.30 to 7. And, um, you know, it's, it's so important when, I mean, if there's any listeners who are survivors, to reach out and find other survivors because that's been part of my lifeline, to be able to be in the presence of other survivors. So, you know, sadly, there's more groups than there's ever been before, but we need them. And we need them actually statewide, but we're blessed that we have these two groups here in Albuquerque. So I would just invite the listeners to, to come and check us out. It's sosabq.org is our website. You wanted to talk to us about the 2016 International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. Can you tell us more about that event? Yes. That day was started by um, every Saturday before Thanksgiving would be Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. It's now turned into International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day, so it's all over the world. And it is a time for survivors to come together before the holidays. People that are newly bereaved are living with a lot of grief and 
questions about what they didn't do or see. And so it's a time of healing. Um, this year it takes place at Hope Church. It is. Um, it goes from 12 to 4. 12 o'clock is um, a catered lunch, and there's no cost, and it's just a time for people to have conversation. We will have a program. Um, there will be some survivor speakers. There'll be a professional um, counselor talking about grief and loss. There'll be a film for um, that comes from American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and it will be like a little mini kind of support group in some ways. Um, people are not forced to share, but amazingly enough, when you get into the company of other survivors, it's like you have instant relationship with them and friendship and sometimes your heart just bubbles over you really need to be able to share your story we will end with a remembrance a candle lighting ceremony um, people are asked to bring pictures of their loved ones we have luminarias with pictures on them so it's a very quiet respectful sacred day when and where was this event taking place again this will take place november the 19th from 12 to 4 at Hope Church, which is 4710 Montebo, 87110. People can contact me for more information. It's 344-4343, and I would be happy to talk to anyone who would like to join us. Um, it is for su survivors of suicide, but sometimes people who are your best support are not survivors, so people should bring those people as well. And we often have whole, whole families that come. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Desiree? Well, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk openly about suicide. You know, when I first started sharing Ryan's story, I was so afraid that, gosh, if he was still here, he I would hurt his feelings for me telling his story. And, and I actually feel the totally opposite right now. I feel like he's thrilled that I'm able to use what happened in his life to make a difference for, for other people. So it's quite an honor to be here. I appreciate that time so much. Thank you, Desiree, for coming and speaking with us at Generation Justice. I admire the great work you do, and I think it's so important, and I'm very glad that we have you in our community to voice for others out there. This has been Alicia Hernandez with Generation Justice. As someone who's experienced depression and thoughts of suicide, this segment was really powerful for me. Desiree, thank you so much for your work and for helping to raise awareness about mental health issues. Desiree, that was very emotional and had a huge impact on me. I want to thank you for organizing this event and sharing it with us. For our listeners who may be struggling, whether it be emotionally, physically, or spiritually, here is a song so that you know that you are not alone. Here is Breathe Me by Sia. If you or anyone you know is struggling with depression or thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
1-800-273-8255. For a list of other suicide prevention resources, you can visit nmsuicideprevention.org. Up next is a spoken word poem, Vote Love by Prince Aya. I chose this because in light of what has been happening this week, these words inspire me to look forward to the future. My fellow Americans, I am not a politician. I am not one of those entertainers either here to sing you a catchy song about my favorite candidate. Because unlike most people on TV these days, I ain't interested in who you're voting for. I am simply here to tell you that you have been tricked, fooled, bamboozled, hoodwinked, run amok, led astray by leaders who claim they are committed to unity, but truthfully seek division. Channeling strength and empowerment is important to keep going forward and not giving up. Listening to this song gives me strength to ask my Lord for help because of this inspirational lyrics. Here is Lord, I Need You Now by Plump. After that, we'll also be hearing Home Time by Marilyn. I was born, little bitty back with city cut, pretty with a rare drift, with a pity no rapids, what the f happened, manifest destiny, captains with savage with captains, river trapping, imagine the first white man to crawl across this land, Indian met him with an open hand, white man starving like Marvin, looking like a marshy, damn, before he smallpox bargain. Now, here's We Are the World by USA for Africa. Now here's Iris by Sleeping With Sirens. I chose this song because it reminds me of the people I love and care about and the need to be close to them in this time of confusion and uncertainty. And I'd give up forever to touch you Cause I know that you feel me somehow You're the closest to heaven I'll ever be and I don't want to go on right now And all I can taste is this moment And all I 
Faded by Alan Walker is a song I chose because it brings back memory from the past as the days pass by. We've come to another great show. Production assistance for tonight's show came from Kamriya Umi, George Luna Pena, and Roberta Rayel. Editing assistant came from Alicia Hernandez and Kateri Zuni. Production assistant for tonight's show came from Roberta Rayel, Camera, and George Luna Pena. We'd like to give a special thanks to our guest, Desiree Woodland. Tonight's engineer was Matthew Brown. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and so much more. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe. We're also active on social media, so be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Kon Olma Health Foundation, and of course, all of you, who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. I'm Jonathan Alonzo. And I'm Ludella Awad. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay connected and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. We leave you with Fade by Alan Walker. Our aim is out of sight, wanna see